feel like I heard a study was talking about like yoga pants and how most of them have like the lycra and the spandex and how it's actually, or even some of them are coated with certain chemicals that I don't even know what they're called. Who knows? I mean, sorry to throw these companies on the bus and I've shopped at them. Trust me a lot. I don't shop as much after COVID and having kids and being at home a lot. I really don't shop as much. Um, but I, you know, fast fashion, I was forever 21 and target and don't get me wrong. I still, you know, this hat's from target. Okay. And it's probably made in a factory and it's not great. <laughs> um, we can talk about that in a second, but you know, coated with chemicals and it's not healthy for us either to be on our skin all the time. Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality and health podcast. I've got Alyssa Couture with me today. How are you doing? I'm good, Lauren. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm really excited about today because this actually goes back to um, something that I studied and worked in the field of fashion. Um, so we're going to talk about how that is intertwined with spirituality, which I think a lot of people wouldn't put two and two together, right? But and we'll touch a little bit on sustainability. But um, Alyssa is um, a fashion author, a founder of Healthy Fashion Campaign, and um, the author of Healthy Fashion: The Deeper Truths. So. We're going to talk a little bit about how that can um, play a role in our, our mind, body, and spirit. Um, so let us know who you are and um, how you got into this field, and then we can kind of see where the conversation flows. Sure. Yeah, so I, I'm i 36 now, and when I started my fashion work, I was 15 years old, wow. um, working in fashion retail. And I've worked in fashion retail for 15 years. And, you know, a lot of people don't find retail to be corporate structure, but it is. It's, I mean, it's fashion retail is the part of the corporate industry. It's just a sort of a, um, you know, funnel off of corporate retail. But I studied fashion as well. I studied uh, at Academy of Art University. And I had a passion for fashion, uh, even when I was a little teenager, drawing stick figures of illustrations of designs. And I uh, worked up into um, my illustration career. I had published artwork in a book and a deck of Oracle fairy cards. So I have a strong background in fashion illustration. And with my retail background in retail management, visual merchandising, styling, customer service, I was really able to get connected with the customer, the consumer. I was really able to um, connect with what people want to wear. And also with my interest in styling, I was able to help people, uh, dress people. And I noticed through all of my work in, in retail, I traveled around quite a bit. So I probably worked at 12 different shops at least, 12 different fashion retail shops at least. I was able to sort of uh, dabble into different aspects of the fashion world too with my entrepreneurial work. Uh, fashion journalism, fashion show production, uh, fashion illustration, fashion design. I had a handmade fashion brand that 
had been entered in the Saks Fifth Avenue Talent Search competition, which was really nice because it showed the taste and caliber of my work and, and what I am about. I'm uh, very interested in modern, fresh fashion uh, for um, alternative health and healing. So with my background in fashion, uh, merged with uh, my spirituality, I had lived and worked in multiple ashrams and monasteries, studying yoga and meditation and spirituality, and I've read lots of different metaphysical works, um, studying new age occult topics. I really felt like fashion can be more spiritual. Fashion can be more holistic. And the new trend right now is the wellness trend. And the coronavirus really brought that in. The coronavirus, people kind of want to dress more comfortably. They want to dress with the athleisure, the minimalism, the active wear. Uh, people want to wear um, clothes that perform well and, you know, still with the style aesthetic. I mean, we, we can't get rid of the creative aspect of style. I mean, that's what makes fashion. Um, so I, I tend to be a little bit plain with my outfits. I'd like to be more like Lauren style. She's a little bit more interesting. So not always. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you're right because ever since COVID, I work from home and then I had a baby. And most days you'll find me in yoga pants. Don't get me wrong. So this is an excuse to dress up, but yeah. Exactly. Well I, I believe too some of the luxury markets uh, where they make athleisure and more minimalistic uh, clothing like yoga pants and more make it more designer. I think that's going to be a, a new trend too, bringing that high low fashion and balancing it together. So I I, I guess with my background, um, it really brought me to the point where I needed to write this book about healthy fashion. I needed to start my campaign, healthy fashion campaign, and really bring um, some new ideas and concepts of fashion into the picture and I still have a long way to go uh, in regards to um, you know business in general but it's so much fun and it's it's really inspiring I find people just like you who are very inspired and excited about the subject mm -hmm. um wow thank you for that and yeah this is great because again like I talk about so many more obvious spiritual topics, but it's true, like apparel and fashion and, and clothing um, are a huge part of our life. I mean, we're, we wear something every single day, right? And we all have our own style, or some people might say they have no style. They just dress, you know, in the same thing all the time. Or you could go into like monasteries where it's very plain. It's more like almost like a uniform. Everyone wears the same thing. So it's really fascinating. I remember when I studied fashion you know, like you were saying, like mixing the low and the highs and how it plays a role in history and um, different occupations. It's fascinating. But I really, I would love to dive more into how it does play a role spiritually. Um, I mean, there's got to be something to, you know, some people feel like, you know, when you do dress up and kind of present yourself, you feel better. And I do feel that way sometimes, you know, if I actually take the time to do makeup and get dressed up, I do have more, I feel more confident so can you speak a little bit to that, just how, how does it play a role in our, how we feel and personalities and society or spirituality? Yes. Well, I, I also want to say too, um, 
I think to alleviate a lot of uh, emotional disorders and mood disorders, just dress up and put on some makeup and you're just going to feel better instantly. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's hard to do when you're stuck in a rut and you just, you know, you feel like you're busy. You're too busy to get ready. Mm -hmm. But I I agree with you 100%. Um, uh, Mental health and fashion uh, go together so much. And I I still, you know, think that, uh, fashion and spirituality, when we have a deeper connection with our clothing, uh, it, we can wear like a t-shirt and jeans, you know, for years. And if we have that, that strong connection with our look and, and, and really embrace that look, it can look modern and fresh and it won't age. Mm-hmm. So I, I give the example of Karl Lagerfeld's outfit. He wore a very, uh, you know, a similar silhouette and look every time he was in public. And no one thought it was boring. No one thought it was not trendy. Uh, it was a little eccentric, but that's, you know, fashion for you. Those, you know, that's the fashion industry for you. People are eccentric. So I find, too, that um, it doesn't matter whether you're really interested in clothing or whether you are, you know, more just you're, you're not really that interested in clothing, but you love clothing mm-hmm. because we're all practicing fashion and it's like a ritual. Fashion is like a ritual. Every day we put on our clothes. It's like a sacred ritual. So. I find, too, that part of our spirituality is embracing fashion that's an expression of ourselves as well. We really want to try to sort of uh, bring some of that personality and some of our spiritual essence in our soul uh, through our, our fashion. And one brand uh, has a, a little slogan on their website, uh, shop new clothes to reawaken your soul. Mm. And I thought that was really beautiful because like it it is true when you find those specific pieces uh, like this turtleneck, uh, for some reason it's a mock neck. It's not really high for some reason. I really love this. It's so comfortable and the silhouette is very simple and, and everything, but I feel like even the specific type of fabric, because it's a little stretchy and it moves mm-hmm. with my body, it, it's doing something to my soul and my spirit. And mm-hmm. it, it, we can get down to the ergonomics of designs and how fabrics move on the body and how they are um, in connection in relation with the human body. And with the spiritual aspect that you like, uh, that you said you would wanted to tap in and talk into, um, I also uh, noticed that when you live at the ashrams and the monasteries, people are wearing the sacred robes and the sacred dressing. And to be honest with you, when um, when I was around the monks, when I worked at the Babasana Society, when I was around the, the monks and they were dressed in their robes, there's a certain level of respect and a certain level of blessing and honor that is that is around these these uh, gentlemen who are wearing these robes. So there's specific silhouettes that can actually be spiritual, not just in a symbolic way, but in, in the literal sense. And um, I really loved the administrator of that retreat had said once. You don't always have to bless the person, but you if uh, the the person, but you have to bless the robe. Mm. 
You, you know, you, when you're coming into contact with the monks and he's wearing a robe, you don't always have to bless the, pers- the person, but you bless the robe. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really significant. And I, I'm not trying to be like rude about not blessing people, sure. but something really powerful about the robe. And there's something very powerful about that silhouette. And I believe, too, that um, adaptations of the robe that we can wear uh, will be able to be, you know, modernized because not everybody can d- dress in a long dress, mm-hmm. uh, long sleeve dress, mm-hmm. um, lots of layers. So I believe too that the adaptation with fashion designers that can ad- adapt the robe, I believe that would be um, a really uh, perfect way to bring in some of that uh, silhouette and the spiritual symbolism of that silhouette. Uh, into uh, people's wardrobes. Yeah, that's really interesting because now I'm thinking about typically, you know, in a religious setting um, or like in a monastery or in a church, the dresses or nuns, it's very conservative, right? I mean, you're covered up. Not much skin is shown. That's, you know, part of that's um, obviously, you know, why they're doing that, you know, it goes in with their beliefs of like modesty and not being seductive or distracting um but what's also interesting if you're more spiritual and less religious there is something not about provoc being provocative by any means but being more i mean we were born naked right and our ancestors and tribes are, are close to naked sometimes or showing lots more skin and it's not viewed as sexual so it's a cultural thing here um, and other countries but i think that's interesting because you're right you can play a role of respect but also i feel like having the freedom to show some skin and be your true self. Um, there's a beauty to that. So it's really interesting how certain people could probably view it different ways. But I do feel like our culture is so like obsessed with sex, but yet it's so like repressed at the same time. Um, it's fascinating. But I feel to be your true self to show some skin, in my opinion, even some countries like just showing this arm would not be appropriate as a woman, right? And I'm not um, being rude to other cultures. It's just it's fascinating the the cultural viewing viewpoint on on the body and how it's shown. Oh yeah, no, I will, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think um, I, I guess what popped into my head when you were talking about. Um, uh, exposing skin and sexuality and everything. I think that I take this, I take this as an example. Uh, look at the aliens who wear the spacesuits. They're wearing one piece like spandex mm-hmm. covering their body and they're showing every single piece of the shape of their mm-hmm. body. You know what I'm saying? They're, those body suits that aliens wear, it's not sexy. There's something completely like normal about it, balanced, healthy, and it's not, they're not doing anything sexual about it. So I believe that we've been brainwashed as a society to really uh, have to visualize and see outfits as sexual. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that every country is sort of like, dealing with this sexual suppression uh, because if whether you dress in the robes and the you know everything and covering everything from head to toe you're still kind of like doing that sexual suppression right. thing you're you're like hiding it and feels you, repressed a little bit for yeah. people that don't dress like that again i'm trying to be yeah. respectful but 
Yes. Yeah. No, I, I believe that we have to become more balanced as society and less brainwashed in regards to our fashions and uh, what's um, healthy for us. Mm-hmm. But, when I, but when I think of p- uh, people who are dressed um, and exposing themselves or whatever, some people just don't look bad. And some people, some people do. Some people could wear the same outfit mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, you know whatever, revealing, but they don't look like they're being sexy or overtly sexy. And I think that's because our energy body uh, is, it shows, we're exposing everybody to to our outfit. It's not always about the outfit, it's the energy mm-hmm. of the person. It's what they feel, It you know, if, I don't want to get too like blunt, but if someone watches pornography, they can create a, a, a portal, an evil portal, through watching that type of um, TV. And then when they wear those outfits, that energy can be exposed on them and from with their aura. So it's not always about the outfit. I always uh, like to say that it's it's also the aura, it's the person's energy that they're exuding. And someone could be a lot more wholesome, but wear more, expose more skin, and it doesn't make them overtly sexual yeah, that's true yeah and you can put the same outfit like you said on two different people and they wear it very differently and how you style it and then you're right your your energy how you're port- you're portraying yourself that's that is actually fascinating yeah yes yeah we could really analyze this i mean it's fascinating just um and there's no right or wrong like you said you prefer to dress a little bit more plain and sometimes i do too and then other times i like to be a little bit more you know edgy or loud um and that's interesting too to kind of dive deep into you just like to be more comfortable and kind of just chill or do you want and some people maybe do it because they want more attention or they're just expressing themselves again take the negativity or positivity out of it um but then you know really you ask yourself like do i want to dress more stylish or do i feel like i have to dress up and i'd rather dress more plain that's interesting too to kind of look within uh, confidence and and the energy that you're giving to yourself and to others. Um, some people don't want to be noticed, and that's okay. But it could also not be okay because then maybe you're not being your authentic self because you you're harboring stuff. I mean, we're getting really deep, but I think this is we're breaking it down of how it kind of is a spiritual and an emotional um, thing. And I think people just maybe they don't think that much about it. You just get up and get dressed, but it actually. The way that you present yourself, there's a lot about telling about yourself um, through that. Right. And I will add that in, in forms of survival, not everybody has the chance to dress the way they want to. Um, you know, with people who have uh, lower budgets. And um, I believe that, however, there's some something that happens with, say, uh, homeless people that uh, d- dress in whatever they can wear. And um, I think it's very special because they're given specific pieces that can not just resonate with themselves, but protect themselves. And that sense of protection is really an obvious example with uh, the people on the streets and what they wear, what they whether they choose to wear it or not, and a lot of fashion designers have gained a lot of inspiration from not just streetwear but from homeless people, mm. and um, 
So you look at the elites and with their full walk-in closets, and they have a complete disconnection to clothes because they're wearing a different outfit every single day. And when you choose to do that, when you choose to hoard clothing, um, that tends to create a spiritual disconnect. And I'm not saying everybody should have a Zen little mini mini wardrobe. I, I You can have a walk-in closet and actually it can be Zen. But I'm talking about in generally general and general sense, um, those people who are using clothes as, um, you know, a shallow form of ego versus people who are wearing clothes that are special to them, that have more meaning and connection. I think there is... Um, there's something very important about that, and, and especially with the fast fashion, you know, uh, they're they're catering. Fast fashion is catering to that that need for more, 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 and it's almost like junk food. You know, we want to eat more, more, more junk food. We want to eat more, more, more junk plastic fashion. So there's the, the polyester is also another issue with, with, within sustainability. But back to your subject and back to what you were speaking. Um, uh, actually, what, what was your, your original question? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was just more analyzing just um, what people choose to wear. And is there a deeper, you know, like a, not meaning behind it, but like, I don't know just how exactly. people portray themselves, you know what I mean? And again, it's not bad or good. It's just how you present yourself can say a lot. And yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing in like budget and stuff and, um, you know, your, where you are in your life. You might also, if you're not feeling well, you might not put as much effort in. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I noticed you. I mean, you really are put together and... Uh, there's something to be said for that when you when you can look put together and uh, and everything um, you're giving energy to others it's not just um, you know you're giving energy to yourself but if you're out on the street walking and you're really looking uh, fashionable and, and good and everything you're giving other people energy so it's like at this energy exchange uh, you're you're helping other people, not just yourself, when when you um, take some time uh, with fashion, and it, it it doesn't mean you have to uh, have you know a thousand dollar outfit on, but at the same time, when we can really uh, find those pieces that work for us, that are kind of meant for us, and and help support not just our physical body, but our mental body, our emotional body, our spiritual body, our energetic body. That's when um, people can see that it goes beyond style. It's It creates almost a, a supernatural activity of dressing, dressing in a sacred way, dressing in a futuristic modern approach. That's what I'd like. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. And I agree. It's a good, I definitely have struck up conversations with random people, you know, based on their outfit or based on mine, it is kind of a cool exchange. You may not have spoken to someone otherwise. Um, but yeah, I think it's all about balance and how you perceive it. And like you said, you could have a walk-in closet and be completely Zen and grateful for everything in there, or you could have a walk-in closet 
I mean, sorry, I got to just throw them under the bus. You have like the Kardashians and it's just like ridiculous. Like it's not sustainable. It's not normal. The relationship there, you know, I think I remember like an interview a long time ago. I think Madonna said she like, she never wears like a pair of underwear more than once. And I was just like, well, good for you. But like everybody else in the world has, does not have that luxury or whatever. But, um, I think, yeah, you could view fashion as, um, you know, kind of, I don't know what the right word I'm looking for, like a frivolous. Um, and you know, I'm sure there's been times in my life, of course I wear something to fit in. We all do. You do it subconsciously. It's cultural. Um, what's trending. I want to wear that too. But then I think it's fun to be able to put your own personal spin on it and make it unique. But I, I really liked what you talked about with your turtleneck. This goes with anything in life. I think, again, people think more about like praying for food and you're grateful for the food you're about to eat. You could really dissect that. I'm grateful for the farmers that made it. You could really go dive deep. I'm grateful for this shirt and who, how was it made or who, who picked the cotton? I mean, if they didn't do that, I wouldn't have the shirt, right? So everything is so connected. And I think if you can be grateful for something that you're wearing and you feel good in it, then that's like amazing. That's so cool. And I think, um, I know, I remember like as a young child wearing a new pair of shoes to school, like I got so excited about it. Um, part of it's culturally, culturally, you know, I'm fitting in, but I also, if you're grateful that you got a new pair of shoes and you love them and you like how you feel, I think that's amazing. That should be, you know, celebrated. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's a science too. There's, there's theory and academic concepts involved, uh, within fashion and the, um, I think what we're doing and moving into within the fashion industry is, uh, starting to realize that psychology is going to play a large role. Um, it, there's going to be more uh, studies and tests, experiments in regards to why we wear the certain materials that we wear. Um, I, I do talk about sustainability, but I really come from the holistic picture of plant-based fashion being the key to sustainable fashion. It can bring up a lot of social economic um, communities within the underdeveloped communities that are using, you know, not a non-advanced textile uh, machinery. And they have uh, lots of different types of plants that they could go bring into production, which would create more economic uh, production for them. Um, so it, basically with um, this, I don't know if this is basically something that you're interested in. Do you like to talk about fibers? Yeah. I mean, I studied them in textiles. You got cellulose. Okay. You got the, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so basically, um, right now, the, d the demand is polyester, acetate, acrylic, and the, the animal fibers is niche. It's 1%, and it's always going to be niche wool, cashmere, angora, uh, camel, whatever. And then there's the plant-based and the two most popular is cotton and linen, but we cannot make a demand of clothing 7 billion people with cotton and linen alone. That's why I developed, uh, well, I'm, I'm researching and there's been a definite progress with plant textiles within all kinds of different countries. Um, and, you know, Rami, nettle, pina, uh, banana textile, uh, lyocell tensile is actually 
becoming much more popular. So we, we need to create the demand of a lot of different plant types in order to uh, make it take over polyester. And right now, polyester is the major issue <laughs> of why there's, you know, climate crisis. There's a major issue of the pollution because uh, we can't keep cracking into the earth and sucking the, what some would call the blood of the earth, <laughs> which is oil. And uh, it is also slightly acidic mm. because when you wear it, it's not breathable. There are some ergonomic synthetic fabrics. There are. I, I still wear some synthetic fabrics, and I'm not dissing it. But I believe um, in order to have a really healthy wardrobe, we should definitely think about wearing more cotton, more linen, more hemp, more bamboo, um, more of those fibers that are pH balanced and breathable and just better for the earth too in, in regards to producing it. Yeah, and healthier for us too because I feel like I heard a study was talking about like yoga pants and how most of them have like the lycra and the spanax and how it's – Actually, or even some of them are coated with certain chemicals that I don't even know what they're called. Who knows? I mean, sorry to throw these companies on the bus and I've shopped at them. Trust me a lot. I don't shop as much after COVID and having kids and being at home a lot. I really don't shop as much. Um, but I, you know, fast fashion, I was forever 21 and target and don't get me wrong. I still, you know, this hat's from target. Okay. And it's probably made in a factory and it's not great. <laughs> um, we can talk about that in a second, but you know, coated with chemicals and it's not healthy for us either to be on our skin all the time. So I, I do, yeah, I really do agree with you. There needs to be more of a demand for these natural fibers. And the thing that's so hard is most fast fashion and most uh, retailers that are um, providing for the majority of public aren't the best quality. <laughs> well, I agree with you and I, I also say fast fashion is basically polyester and synthetics has infiltrated every single market contemporary yeah. fashion you can't go into a contemporary store or retail store without finding 90% right. at least 90% synthetic mm -hmm. uh, and even then the ready to wear department and couture I mean it's it's all polyester it's, it's a vicious cycle is what we're doing we're creating the demand because we keep buying it. Right. And so I, I think that collectively we're naturally going to be, become more pro progressive. And there's lots and lots of industry talk now talking about circular fashion. And the circular approach is biodegradable fibers. Mm. And biodegradable fibers are plant-based fibers. Yeah. So it, with Target, there are every, you know, some of them have the, little uh, capsule collections with some sustainable um, things that they're doing. And I, I don't discourage uh, mass fashion because Target's never going to go away. But, you know, everybody has to consider sustainability um, and even moving into the direction of healthy fashion. Uh, and I, I would really like to start um, – you know, doing consultations and in making uh, companies, uh, you know, consider the con complete concepts of healthy fashion 
and, and you know, and having them infiltrate in the market and in the industry because healthy fashion goes more than goes beyond sustainability. Healthy fashion is curing the body, and when we cure the body with fashion, we cure the environment. And I believe there's a void in the industry. We're constantly fixated on the planet, but what we aren't really completely noticing is what do we need? What does the human body need? Because if we know what the human body needs, then the the planet naturally fixes itself. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But even though it fashion is like so complex, I mean, there's thousands of different topics. There's thousands of different directions to take. It's, it's not like a simple answer, right? but there's definitely specific things that we can do that will uh, help promote <clears throat> health for ourselves, health for our wardrobe, health for, um, the industry and the planet as well. And and if you want me, I can tell you some of the concepts. Yeah. Before we dive into that, I do want you to, I just wanted to touch on that. I think, thank you for bringing this up. And that's a large part of what I want to talk about today. And, um, you know, luckily there are some brands that are becoming more sustainable and, um, yeah, like you said, it just goes back to demand. Um, but I just think it's, it's so hard, like you said. Well, sure, you should tell us actually before, but I do want to touch on just um, like what was the there was a video, uh, there was a documentary, and you probably saw it. I can't remember what it was called. Was it like Think or, or so? I can't. Do you do you recall what documentary I'm talking about? It focused all on the workers. Rana Plaza. Okay. That really touched me and just how like the, um, the workers are being overworked and, um, too many hours, they're not getting enough breaks. And it really broke my heart. And then I thought to myself, you know, what I'm buying from these fast fashion and if we don't buy them, these people aren't going to have jobs. It's like this vicious cycle, but then I'm like, I don't want to support these companies because I feel like it's very unethical the way that they're treating employees, the way that the factory workers, the way that they're treating the earth. It's kind of like if I don't, but everyone else is still targets still going to exist. So it's like this horrible cycle. But like you said, if we demanded it shift, then they could start using other products. The the thing is it always comes down to cost for these. And I, like I said, I used to work in the industry. I know it's always about margin. It's always about timelines, but that's the thing is those are the things that make these workers overwork just because, you know, buyers are giving you purchase orders for, I want this to hit, you know, by Christmas. And then you're rushing into the factory. They're having to go into overtime. It's just, it's this horrible cycle um, how do we demand it? I guess it's awareness. And I think it's starting now. We are, we are becoming more conscious. There's people like you were talking about this. This is a good sign, but it feels so hard to like really change. Yes. Well, I think that everybody has to kind of, um, pitch in, but the big top, uh, brands are making millions, some fashion brands are making millions and those millions of dollars are being hoarded. They're not being dispersed into production. So that alone is going to be helpful if they start just doing more effort with textile production. That's less labor for one. Uh, 
making uh, fashions that don't require that extra work, you know, because some, uh, you know, those artisans are spending 20 hours on a top, you know, hand sequence, hand beading sequence on a, on a shirt. I mean, that's just one example. But what I'm saying is what we really have to come, come down to, what it really has to come down to is uh, tech, technology of the textile manufacturing uh, machines. It really comes down to, with how some of these fashion brands are making enough money to uh, be able to disperse it uh, into the production um, piece. Um, it's kind of a complex question, and I really believe that this is like sort of something that we all kind of have to collect collectively work on. But if we focus on the healthy aspects of fashion, then it's we're going to be creating the demand for more of that. If yes. we focus on, say, certi certified fabrics, organic certified fabrics, and focusing on brands that use organic certified fabrics, if we focus on less polyester, it's it, then it's going to um, decrease the retail shop's mm -hmm. uh, amount of inventory. Right. And if we, if we can just simply uh, purchase less polyester, that alone is going to help. But what do we do for these uh, underdeveloped countries that need a paycheck and that need to keep working? That's where there needs to be um, better production in general. There needs to be technology in place which would um, help these uh, underdeveloped countries as well as programs uh, to help them get you know, get more um, professional, get be, be able to step up into the different levels of the industry. Because I don't think everybody should be able to, you know, have to sit behind a sewing machine all day. So that too, they, they, there needs to be circulation. There, there needs to be, uh, there's, there's lots to, to talk about in regards to that. But I would mostly say, that it's to boycott companies is not necessarily the answer. I think pick the pieces of garments from those companies that are good, mm -hmm. and then they will they will produce more of it. If all of the targets and or whatever, I'm not I'm not labeling different companies but you said it first yeah. <laughs> so, but if we, if we say you know all these companies like target they do more and more capsule collections and everybody's purchasing from these capsule collections and these capsule collections include eco fashions mm -hmm. then it's going to help yeah. but more and more um you know of ethics in general has to be involved mm -hmm. i i myself have been involved with unethical uh, situations. So I, I completely understand when people are being not treated well, but what can you do The we have to raise as a collective? Mm -hmm. They say that this planet is a darkened star. They say that this planet has no aura. The aura has been damaged completely. 
So uh, we have to lighten the, the star uh, of this planet. We have to raise the vibration collectively. And it's not going to just be the humans that do it. We need to have advanced mm-hmm. advanced beings that will intervene and help bring this planet uh, into a less negative, toxic, polluted place. Yeah. Nicely said. Yeah, I know it's deep. A dive, you, know, you can dive deep into that. And like you said, it's very complex, but you you painted the picture well and, and answered that well. Um, and obviously we have experience. I, I have a little bit of knowledge on like social compliance and auditing factories, making sure that they're in compliance. But, you know, that's you go once for a visit, they could be all perfect. And then when you're not there, it's mayhem again. Right. So it's it's so complicated. And I think you're right. You can't boycott everything. We literally wouldn't have anything. I mean, you could choose if there's certain brands that you just really don't agree with ethically, but I think, yeah, buy the things that seem more green. Um, luckily, there are companies on a positive note. There are more conscious. I know I buy my, it's so funny. We treat our our kids like little angels and I buy her organic pajamas, but then I don't buy that for myself, right? Because I'm like, well, I'm already, I've already been wearing all the polyester for years, but you know, Burt's Bees, for instance, I can get it on Amazon. And it's organic and it's not really, it's not that much of a different price. So there are ways to do it. There are companies to support. Like you said, it's about awareness. Maybe hopefully this podcast, the whole point, it sheds awareness to people that maybe haven't thought about this. Um, But I think it's possible. Look at the food industry. When we were kids, organic wasn't really as available. And now look at all the places that have organic. Costco has organic, tons of organic produce. It's more available. We need to make it a standard in the fashion industry as well. It's a huge, I mean, people just don't, it it can get stressful, but it's also just choose what's important to you. Choose awareness. Think about what you're putting in and on your body, whether it's food. I mean, this is another, we want to get into it, but like cotton tampons or pads, most generic have are bleached and are sprayed. And you're putting that in your body. Same thing. If you're wearing it all day, our skin is so absorbent. So really, you're right. We we have to we have to demand it. We have to be more aware. It's all about consciousness. That's what this podcast is all about, and having people like you to help spread that awareness. So if even if you can just make a few small changes, um, buy your kids if you can afford it. It's not that much more, really. Burt's Bees pajamas. You go to Target and buy the synthetic. It's I mean Target's. I'm, I'm picking on Target. I love Target, but um, there are ways to do it. There are ways to to find. You can budget and put your money in certain places, what's important to you. Um, but there's a lot more organic kids, you know, PJs, I think, than adults. So we should change that and also have more available for adults, right? So, um, yeah. And I don't mean to, like, throw names out there, but after watching that documentary, I thought, hey, these companies should be exposed. Like you said, they've got millions of dollars. <clears throat> they could hire more workers to give other workers more time off. There are ways to do this. So in some ways, it's like I do want to call them out because it is completely unethical. Um, we don't need to name them. Fast fashion, you know, go to a mall. It's it's all of them. Um, the, big, the big ones that have just huge spaces with thousands of pieces in there. You can embed it's fast fashion. So... Um, anywho, it's a, it's a in-depth topic, but I'm really glad that uh, there are people like you that are speaking about this and helping raise awareness. And I think it is, it's going to raise the light of the planet. This is just one industry, right? We have food, apparel, but apparel is a big one. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
So thank yeah. you for all that you're doing, the work that you're doing and, and your energy. And like you said, there's just so much darkness, but I do believe that light is shining through and you can always find it. You just have to look. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I've had similar thoughts myself and I think that we're heading into the direction, but uh, a lot of, you know, it's a lot of brands, they don't really want to hear it because we're not really necessarily ready to be more plant-based, but it's a matter of um, introducing more plant-based items because lots of these circular uh, fashion companies are supporting and promoting uh, you know, tensile, lyocell, linen, rami, banana fabric, uh, yeah. aloe vera fabric, cactus fabric, yeah. water hyacinth stem fabric, lotus fabric. There's so many. That's cool. But even too, we, we don't just need to be uh, talking about plants in regards to healthy fashion, there's the entire spiritual, energetic, emotional, mental components. And we tapped, we, we, we did tap into some of those topics. Uh, in order to be a healthy fashion company, you don't necessarily have to be plant-based. But if you say, uh, if you're giving um, apparel that's ergonomic, designed performed to help the body breathe to help the body move to uh, design in a specific way that it is um it literally activating the, the the multi-dimensional body that too is an important aspect of healthy fashion so there's there's different cons- concepts even with uh, feng shui um, and four element fashion, embracing nature's earth, air, fire, and water elements, and uh, mimicking them in the designs, as well as feng shui. You know, when you go into a feng shui home, you just feel like you can breathe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you see the waterfalls, the natural, uh, you know, statues and stone decorations and everything. And I think we can adapt feng shui into fashion more and more as well in order to, to help our our bodies and our minds. So there's, there's multiple different concepts and I know sustainability is one of the biggest issues, but I think if we talked uh, uh, about some of the wellness aspects and holistic aspects that we've spoken about, that's going to actually uh, advance fashion Mm -hmm. and is going to make us more spiritually in tune Mm -hmm become more intuitive with our clothes our wardrobes and our uh, fashion companies and in that way we can naturally and collectively have a better industry and have a better lifestyle mm-hmm. I agree with you yeah very nicely said it's just fascinating because I keep comparing it to the food industry it's like there's so much attention on food now and organic and we realize now what we put in our bodies is truly affecting our health i think a a lot of people understand now like a lot of our chronic illnesses are coming from things we're ingesting or breathing chemicals we're using on products but think of all the people that are around in those factories breathing in those horrible chemicals and uh, we're wearing them and then what is that doing energetically um it's just it's something to really think about more and i think um yeah, there's different layers to it. Um, 
but it's possible. I just think we have to, I mean, our ancestors, they weren't eating fancy, like, you know, natural flavored, colored foam, weird, you know what I mean? Same thing with clothing though. Then they weren't wearing like lycra spandex and they still were able to move about and do things. So we have to kind of tweak our expectations. I think there's still ways to have movable fabric, but can we make it a little less toxic? They made plant-based nylon. Yeah. See, there's a new, there's a new technology. It's a, it's very new and companies are just now starting to Mm. use it. I I just, I I just saw that in the feed. I've been waiting for plant-based nylon, just like you. See, that's so cool. companies are, have been, companies have been, you know, considering using it and some of them are already using it. Sure. And I'm sure it's a little more expensive. And so many are going to be slow to adopt that, but you know, here we are demanding it. Let's do this. Companies like try this out. We'll buy it. (laughs) Yes. And Lauren, I'd like to add, if you make it a good design, people are going to buy it. Yeah, It's about the design. Mm -hmm. If you make a really amazing design, because some of like those luxury markets and ready to wear fashions, because the design is so high level, high taste, people will spend right. that money to, to, to wear those garments. Yeah. So within all markets of fashion, if it's good design, people will right. pay the dollar. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe they need to be more the leaders then, you know, because people that are buying those higher priced can afford it and will. So maybe they need to be the ones to really start it. And then hopefully the fast fashion, it'll trickle down into that. Right. And then with time and technology and experience, learn how to make it a little bit cheaper so that they aren't as hesitant, but really that's why calling these companies out like H and M forever 21 target, all of the Zara's, all those like, okay, use your, some of that extra money, be ethical put some good energy out there and figure out how to do those things at a cost that you feel that you can afford. But I mean, it just, it's possible. It's just, we have to, we have to demand it. You're right. It's, it really comes down to, to us demanding. Um, so I hope that with time it gets better. I think it will. It's all about awareness and consciousness, right? Exactly. No, it's happening. It's just, it, it, it feels like it's slow. It is, but yeah, it does feel slow. Speed up. It could, it could certainly speed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because look at, um, like you had said, the, the trends in uh, organic uh, food. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people want fresh food. Yep. Um, and the trends, you know, in the car industry, everybody wants to buy cars made out of hemp. Mm-hmm. Electric and solar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happening in every industry. Yeah. They're even making uh, rubber tires out of dandelion roots. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like, and who who would have thought? Right. And our ocean is made up of ninety percent. Our our earth is made up of ninety percent ocean. We could farm seaweed easily and make seaweed fabrics. Wow. And it is being done. It is in production. But to to wear seaweed would also be very therapeutic. And they have some tensiles with seaweed powder infused in yeah, the fabrics. That's cool. Yeah. In Europe, they're making a sea cell, a, a seaweed fiber, excuse me, a seaweed fabric made out of, um, no, a tensile wood pulp fiber wow. uh, that has been woven and has been treated with seaweed powder. That's incredible. Yes. We'll, we'll end it on a positive note. <laughs> the <laughs> companies that are doing that. And, you know, I also wanted to mention um, 
thrifting has become so much more popular too, which is a cool thing. Some of the fiber fabrics aren't great, but at least you're not creating more waste and more new fashion. You're using what's already been around. Like I think that's a cool trend that's really picked up. Uh, people thrifting things. I know I'm a big fan of like jewelry and accessories. I, I, I tend to prefer to get newer clothes. I mean, I'm not opposed to a piece here or there, but I love that people are doing it. And I think um, blending that with new clothes, like that's a cool way to be more sustainable too. So I um, wanted to call that out. I just think it's really neat that a lot of people are doing things like that and being more creative, making your own clothing, um, supporting small, shopping local. That's always a thing too, right? If you can find a brand that's some maybe Sunday markets or whatever farmers market. Maybe there are people there that's selling, you know, garments. I think there are ways to do it for sure. So just you got to do your research, and um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. You're right. It's it's been so focused on in other industries, but I think it's really it's time that the fashion industry gets more attention and this conversation starts circulating more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love the topic and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Retail, retail vintage, thrift shopping, shopping local, mm-hmm. uh, they're all good things. And it is a matter of doing multiple different things. Yeah. Yep. Not just, you know, one thing. And we, we, we're, we tend to be like that as humans. We, we yeah. kind of do dabble. Yeah. But Go. thrift store shopping is fun. It is fun. You never know what you're going to find. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it does help. It does. Sustainability. It's helping a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been a really cool conversation and, um, I want to make sure that people know where to find you. Where can people find you online? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me again, Lauren. I, I, um, really do appreciate you having me speak on your show. You can visit my website at www.h as in healthy, f as in fashion, campaign.com and I also have my social media bars on the top and bottom of my website you can check out my social media as well okay well yeah we'll put that in the show notes of course so people can find you and I really hope that people this piqued you know people's interest and, and made them just a little bit more aware maybe just the next time you go buy something just start small like we said you know buy some new pjs for your kids hop on amazon which is not a perfect company but They've got organic support, the organic products, because guess what? Then they're going to restock more organic products. It's, it's, it's a way to, you know, it's a slow way to shape the industry. So yeah, thank you again for all your work that you're doing. Well, thank you for your work. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show and you can find me on Instagram at Real Lauren Live. Take care.